Welcome everyone to Just Crypto. My name is Vanessa and we've got a great show today talking all about Kajira and the eight ways. There's many more, but we'll just cover eight ways uh, that you can earn with Kajira. So I'm excited to, to dive in. Um, it's obviously a platform that I've been talking a lot about. I mean, I'm very passionate about the work that the team is, is doing. Um, and so I want to share uh, the, the knowledge and the learnings that I've got so far on this platform uh, with all you all. Um, before we get started, as, as always, I, I do have to say um, that nothing here is financial advice. I'm really presenting it more as an educational opportunity for you to learn the, the, the mechanics of the different strategies. Uh, but please don't take this as um, any uh, desire on my part to say you should invest in any of these things. Uh, all of them contain risks. Uh, we will cover some of those risks as well so that you're kind of fully informed with all of this uh, because I want you to be successful and I want you to have a good experience being successful uh, as well. Um, also do want to shout out to uh, everyone who is in chat here today. I'd love to you know, see who's, who's here. If you'd, you'd say hi in chat, We'd really appreciate it. Get to know who's um, enjoying the show. Want to say uh, hi to Crypto A <laughs> with, a, with a whale. That's great. Sir Corinne, um, fantastic. Uh, yes, uh, we'll talk about money printers. Uh, sometimes the money printers break, unfortunately, is, is the way things go. Um, and Adrian, hi again. So great to have you here. Um, and yes, we're ready to learn new platforms. It's one of the things I enjoy most is uh, just learning about uh, what all the different teams, all the different blockchains and the dApps on those blockchains are doing. Because I think we're so early, everyone's still experimenting and we'll get into it. Uh, Keeknomics, hi. Uh, great to have you on the show. Um, so without uh, further ado, let's let's kind of jump in. Um, so there's a couple things that we're going to, to cover today. So just to give you a heads up of what we're going to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about um, some strategies for earning passively. I'll cover three of these. Um, staking, providing liquidity, otherwise known as yield farming, as well as farming stable pairs, which is which is an, a, a nice kind of twist on uh, yield farming. I'm going to talk about a couple active strategies that you could take. Um, these will be uh, bidding on liquidations, um, using arbitrage on the USTC USK pair, uh, as well as arbitrage on AMP Luna Luna. And then we'll talk a little bit about some strategies that involve leverage. Uh, we'll talk about using arbitrage to mint USK and how you can benefit from that. Um, and then uh, dual yield that you could you could earn yield on kind of multiple different asset types. Um, this is you know clearly not everything that's available on the platform. There's there's a lot more that you could potentially do. Um, so I just want to talk about things that we're not going to cover. Um, I am not an active trader, despite my DGen ways. I, I'm not you know picking trading strategies and and drawing lines on charts and doing any of that. Um, so if you're looking for that, I'm sure there's lots of folks that could provide that information for you. Uh, I'm humble enough to know that I really don't know where the price is going to go. So I you know I try and um, take strategies where I, I think more about the uh, long term than the short term, and and more about things that are kind of sustainable in any kind of environment. Not going to talk about market timing. Um, I think very, very few people can actually time the market um, uh, successfully, at least more than a couple times. Um, I'm not going to talk about macro. I'm not going to tell you how to manage your, your, your margin. So we'll, we'll have a couple strategies that rely on margin. Uh, margin is can be dangerous. So we'll talk about those risks. Uh, but everyone has their own personal kind of risk appetite there. And I'll leave that up to you. Uh, and then lastly, something that, that you can do, uh, which I'm not going to talk about today, but there is potential in, is uh, cross-chain arbitrage. Um, what this means is really taking some of these strategies that you have here that I'm going to present, applying them to more coins and tokens, and um, using the, the idea that there are a lot of different um, decentralized exchanges within the cosmos, potentially even outside the cosmos, that could be leveraged for some arbitrage opportunities. So we're not going to be talking about that, but just know that you know that's a thing that you could do. You could get into a little more detail uh, with all of these. 
So, um, you know, I'd say as, as you're approaching this, uh, you've got a couple assets that you can apply here. And I think there's, there's four assets that are the ones that are the greatest, that, that, that if you can really hone these and cultivate these, uh, then I think you, you'll have a better chance of doing well. The first of which is patience. You know, some of these strategies that I'm going to talk about, you'll be setting limit orders and waiting. Um, and sometimes waiting can be the hardest thing to do. So really cultivating that, that patience, not trying to force something, um, I think is um, re really a, a place that I'd encourage you all to, to, to be. Um, it allows you to make better decisions. Uh, equanimity is another. Uh, you, you know, as uh, many of you actually don't know, I used to guide meditation. And this was one of the kind of the, the words that the founder of the, the meditation studio that I, I guided that uh, was really uh, passionate about this idea of cultivating equanimity. What is it? It sounds like, you know, a $10,000 word, um, but it really is, you know, mental calmness and composure. Um, you know, I've got the definition here, evenness of temper, especially in a difficult situation. So it's accepting what comes, good things will come, bad things will come. Uh, just accept them uh, equally and embrace them equally without trying to push them away. Third thing I'd encourage you is to focus on consistency. So uh, some of these strategies will require you to do something kind of more than once. Um, and if you go and you, you, you do that, uh, in order to get results, you need to keep doing it. So the arbitrage strategy, yeah, it's great one time, but to really get the yield, you need to do it kind of more than once and on a consistent basis. Um, and then lastly, just to understand the risks here. There are risks. Crypto has a lot of risks. If, if it's not been clear by the, the last few years of whatever's been going on in the market exploding, just like, no, there, there are risks. Uh, try and understand them. Uh, make sure that you're only taking risks that uh, work well for you, that, that um, you are comfortable taking those risks. Um, so that if they don't work out, and sometimes things don't work out, that the, the person you can look to is yourself and you can learn from that experience. Um, so these are the four great assets that you can bring to any endeavor where you're trying to earn yield, like I'm going to share here. That's also important to talk about the risks. So a couple of the strategies have kind of individual risks that they, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pull those out. Um, but it's important to realize that across all the strategies, uh, these are some of the risks that, that they have. So smart contract risk, you, know, you are using a smart contract platform uh, while, you know, the, the, the team does the best to audit the code. Uh, nothing's perfect, right? And, and even you've, you've seen very large platforms on Ethereum and other places that have been audited, that have a lot of eyes on them, um, they have issues uh, that, that come up. So realize there is that smart contract risk. It's a particular risk to crypto that you do not have with your bank. Um, self-custody is another risk. Understand the risks of holding your assets in self-custody. Don't share your seed phrase with anyone. I, I really encourage you, if you are using uh, large amounts for some of your earning strategies, to get a hardware wallet. Uh, Ledger and Trezor, Trezor are two that, that I have personally used. Um, I, I know Ledger in particular works great with a lot of the, the Kajira applications here. Um, so that's something else just to be aware of, right? This is not for everyone. Um, if, if some of these things you're uncomfortable with, it's okay just to take, you know, basic things. Um, it, it's actually even okay not to do any crypto and just put your money in treasuries and earn 5%. Like, that's fine. There, there's no, like, scoreboard at the end of the game. Um, and then finally, just uh, realize that you take on a big risk if you invest more than you can afford to lose. I'm going to flip back here to uh, equanimity. Um, if you're investing more than you can afford to lose, the emotions will run extremely high. And those emotions will cause you to make decisions not from rational thought, 
not from data that you're looking at or uh, what the, the strategy that you agreed upon, uh, what you would do, uh, you'll start to panic. And when you panic, you make bad decisions. So don't invest more than you can afford to lose, especially if you're just starting out. Like use this as an opportunity to learn. I'll be, be honest, you know, what I'm doing uh, with some of these strategies, I'm not doing all of them all the time. I'm doing some of them. Uh, it's not with uh, an amount of money that, that would, would hurt me if I lost it all. So that, I encourage very much that as well. Um, also just want to say hi to uh, Robin Ayo. Um, thank you. It's great to have folks from the Kuji community here. Um, you know, very much uh, appreciate all of, all of you. Um, and you're asking us some insight on impermanent loss in an LP. Um, yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about impermanent loss um, and how you should think about it, uh, more from a general perspective, less from a here's the specific numbers for a specific thing. Um, I think the calculations can get a little bit tricky. Um, the, the way I like to approach some of these things is to understand the general principle. Um, and then when I'm, you know, if you're actually running a strategy, you can get deeper into the details. Uh, I, I will say I'm not, not like a details person. So um, th there are folks who are better if you're looking for the details on some of these of, you know, specifically like which levels to manage risk. As I mentioned, like drawing lines on chart, not my thing um, at all. Um, so let's talk about the strategies. This, the, I have to start with the first most uh, basic one, uh, which is just staking your, your QG. Uh, now, I've got two little indicators here that you'll see on the slide that's next to me. I've, I've got a little alien because apparently we have uh, UFOs now that the government is, has cited. Um, so the risk I'll represent with, with a little alien. Um, and we've got a return that I'm representing with the, the Kujira whale. Um, and, you know, on a scale of one to three right here. So you can see the risk here is fairly low. Uh, the real risk that you have is, apart from the general risk that I talked about earlier, uh, you've got the price of Kuji. And, uh, you know, the price of Kuji goes up, the price of Kuji goes down, just like all crypto tokens. Last few weeks, everything seemed to have gone down. So <laughs> here we are. Uh, but that is a risk, right? So these, the rewards you earn from staking are not risk-free by any means. Now, what is the return? The return right now is fairly low. Um, and, and I'll, I'll show you the dashboard where you can see what the return is and talk a bit about it. Um, but one of the things that Kujira focuses on is real yield. Um, now, real yield is something that's created from different fees in the system, um, transaction fees. You can see there's trading fees, there's liquidation fees. Um, I, I should have moved the airdrops down to the other yield. Um, and then ecosystem projects. So those, those would all count as real yield. There are projects on the, in Kujira that do share some of the proceeds uh, back into stakers. So that's one thing I love about this community is that the builders on top of it are also supporting the Kajira token. Um, and then there's other yield, which isn't strictly real yield, is airdrops. And so there were some recent nice airdrops that the, that the team got. Uh, but let me show you the screen here. Um, so this is the dashboard. This is the, the wallet uh, essentially experience that you have. This is Kajira Blue. This is where you do things like stake and see the tokens that you have. Uh, but what I'd like to show you here is the 60-day revenue uh, for the, the suite of Kajira apps and for Kuji is, is roughly just under $200,000, which works out at an APR of just under 7%. Now, on the face of it, that seems you know a nice beefy APR for real yield. I will caveat that this particular one includes that very nice airdrop of CNTO um, that we all recently got. And so there's some debate and discussion of whether airdrop should, should be included in this kind of yield that we have here. Uh, my perspective is I'd love to see it broken out into things that are, you know, the, the, the protocols and dApps working on it versus airdrops and have two separate things. Uh, but currently the, the real yield is closer to 2%. 
And so, you know, that's something that uh, you can take a look at right now. It's fairly low. The crypto market's depressed. Over time, that has the potential to increase. Obviously, as that becomes larger, there'll be some pressure on, on the price as well, because uh, if something's earning 20, 30, 40% in real yield, uh, very soon other people are going to want that same asset as well. Uh, something worth um, taking a look at here is... Um, I think I'll, I'll just pause there. So that's that's the uh, real yield that we've got here. You can see, you know, the, the, the price, the fully diluted value. And so that'll give you a sense if you are making decisions on whether to invest and stake this particular token. Um, let's go ahead and remove that and bring that back. So basic, easy. I think a lot of platforms have staking uh, low risk, currently low return. Uh, but my hope is as they bring perpetuals and other things to the platform that we could start to see some GMX level of returns where we're, you know, pushing 10, 12%. Um, second option here is to provide liquidity. So the uh, liquidity providing tool that they have on Kujira is called Bow. I'll demo that in a second. Uh, and you'll have the ability to basically you provide two tokens. And then this is used for people who are trading between those tokens. Um, so let's go uh, back here. And I will show you the liquidity hub. So you can see they've got lots of different tokens here. Uh, Kuji and Atom is one pair that, that you have. You know, Atom and USK is another pair. Um, and a lot of these uh, fuel the order book. So this is the uh, limit order book that's on that's called Fin. That's part of the Kujira ecosystem. Um, and a lot of this fuel the liquidity. So the more liquidity you have in some of these particular uh, pools the lower the spreads will be in the order book decks. And you can see here, I mean, they're pretty tight. I think they're, you know, below a half a percent for most uh, most pairs. Um, and there, there are some incentives that the team has provided for each of these. So let me flip back to the slide quickly, uh, and we can we can talk a little bit about that. So the, uh, the risk here that's important to, to realize is that you are risking uh, the price of both tokens in that pair. So you... I, should have some idea that these both of these tokens are going to do reasonably well. Uh, for example, if you bought a token that went to zero, the entire LP that you created will go to zero. So there is a chance of losing everything. Um, generally, if you choose higher quality uh, tokens, so if you were doing something like you know an, an atom with a USDC, the chance of both of those going to zero is fairly small. Um, you know, it's not not likely to happen. Um, However, as you're looking at bridged assets, so the USDC currently on Cosmos, uh, all Cosmos chains is bridged through XLR. So you do have that bridge risk as well. It's something to consider here, which um, is not on the slide, but I should mention. Uh, the second risk that Robin Robini brought up is this idea of impermanent loss. Now, impermanent loss is a really tough concept to wrap your head around. The basic idea is that you have two tokens in this liquidity pair. As they drift apart in price, well, let me say, if they performed exactly the same, so one token went up 10%, the other token went up 10%, or well, they stayed at the same price, neither would, there would be no impermanent loss because they're kind of matching what you put into the pool. Um, if they start to drift apart, then you start to incur impermanent loss. Um, and I have this uh, neat little slide here to show you basically how that works. There's a lot of, you know, more complicated math that goes behind, uh, you know, exactly calculating this. But if you just keep the idea that um, if both tokens are rising, but it, or one's staying the same and the other one's rising, as it gets further and further away from the other one, you'll see that what you would have made LPing is going to be less than what you would have made just holding those two tokens separately. 
Um, and so in that case, it would have been better just to hold those two tokens separately. So that's the, the, the notion of impermanent loss is comparing uh, you uh, providing liquidity versus holding those two tokens separately. Uh, you can see on the downside, the curve is pretty steep. Um, so as the, the tokens start to drift apart on the downside, uh, very quickly your returns drop off and you're going to be losing a lot more than if you just held those tokens separately. What tends to happen um, as you're LPing is if one of your tokens is bad and, and really dropping in value, because of the composition of the pool, you'll over time have more and more of that token compared with the other token that you provided, and that's also the one that's dropping. So it has a, a compounding effect on your, your, uh, your, your loss here. So something to bear in mind, uh, you know, think about whether the rewards that are going to be offered through the, the particular pool are worth incurring this risk that you do not incur if you just hold the, the two tokens separately. Um, so there's, there's a lot more that we could say on a permanent loss, but that's at a very high level, something to consider. Now, right now, um, there's really two types of fees that you will you will get, or two two types of rewards at least. Uh, one is the fees from swapping. So, and Kajira, whenever someone's using a swap and, and using the liquidity that you've provided, a very small portion of that will come back to you as fees. So that's kind of the real yield portion. Um, the Kajira team has also provided some incentives to help encourage more liquidity into the system. Um, they think of this, you know, it really is like a marketing cost in a sense, like you want people to come in to provide this liquidity, to bootstrap the system. Um, other DEXs do this with a token that has infinite emissions. So it just they keep uh, emitting the token, they keep printing more tokens. Um, that's, uh, in my sense, not going to last long term. And, and we're starting to see that in the world of DeFi, people are moving away from that model. Uh, Kuji is a, a, a capped token, so it only has a limited supply. Um, and the team has an operational budget, and they're bringing those tokens from the operational budget. It's a slightly different um, setup than you, you might be familiar with other DEXs. And the other thing to remember is that the, the uh, earlier the pool is created, the rewards tend to be greater during the bootstrap period. So what I'm showing you here is kind of a, a sliding reward scale uh, for one of the pools. And you can see at the beginning, there was a, a fairly high portion that was, was being able to be earned. And then over time, it gets uh, lower and lower. Um, so let's come over to the UI here, and we can actually take a look at it. So I'm going to start with the Atom USK. Um, and I will show you, you know, this is an example that I was calling out before, where you can see, you know, these are the kinds of rewards that they have. And over time, it's, it's going lower. The one thing that's unique about Kajira, which I really like, is they have a really easy system for earning rewards in multiple tokens. Um, so let's see if we can find, uh, what do we have here? Um, injective and USK, right? So this one has a couple different tokens. We've got uh, Kuji, which is incentivizing this pool, but we also have a very tiny amount of injective. And the reason it's so tiny is that uh, anyone can actually come in here and incentivize the pool, uh, which is great, uh, but also means you kind of sometimes get random tokens in each of these pools. Uh, other pools have large amounts of, of different tokens uh, towards them. Um, to encourage that. Often, I think if we can find the stars pool here, that's a good example, where it's got a decent number of Kuji as well as a decent amount of stars incentivizing that pool. So that gives you an option to get yield in, in different places. Um, as far as providing that yield, so one thing to look at here is if you come to the UI, uh, you will see here an APR. I'm just going to search by the top APR, and you'll see that they break it down into the trading APR, which is kind of real yield based on swaps, 
Um, and then the additional APR is the incentivized yield. So that's not, that's really from the team. Uh, one thing to be cautious of, often when this number is very high, uh, one side of the pair is an inflating token. Um, and, uh, you know, we saw that with, with a couple of them that, you know, Mars was an example. This was, was crazy high at one point. It was like 500%. Uh, but they were just beginning their emission schedule for their own um, DAP. And so that caused a lot of people to, to incur a lot of impermanent loss if you were in the Mars uh, USDC pool, as an example. Um, so those, those are places to kind of evaluate. A couple of things I would evaluate. Uh, one is to look how much liquidity is in the pool. Uh, be very cautious if there's low liquidity, uh, because that, that often means that, you know, maybe it's not a popular token or there's some other concern there. Uh, second thing I would look to is the APR. And do an evaluation. The two tokens that I see here, does that APR compensate me for the uh, impermanent loss that, that I'll potentially be taking on? Um, and then let's say that we found, you know, one of these highlighted pools here, um, you know, Adam and uh, Kuji, that's offering 18%. Uh, the other thing to consider is which rewards are you missing out on? So in this particular pool, right, you know, if you're just staking Adam, you'll get 23%. Uh, however, here, you're not going to get those staking rewards. So you're actually, um, you know, taking on a lot of risk to earn less than you could earn if you were just staking your atom. Now, there's other advantages to coming into the pool because you have a lot more liquidity, right? You can move it in and out. You don't have to wait those 20, 21 unbinding days. Uh, but that's something else to consider is if one side has very high staking rewards, um, and we'll talk a little bit about liquid staking derivatives uh, coming in a bit, but if one side has very high staking rewards, there's that opportunity cost as well. Uh, providing... Uh, liquidity is actually fairly easy. Um, so you can you can come here, it'll have an option to provide. Um, you will be providing both sides of the pair. So I'm not going to step all the way through this. Basically, you need to bring both Kuji and Adam in this case, or if we were to go to, um, let's find the Kuji USK, and you'd be bringing both uh, Kuji and USK to this particular pool. You can see I've got two USK. Uh, so let me add another one USK and I'm going to make a, a pair here. So the first step is to go ahead and deposit your liquidity. This is very standard. If you've used a DEX, it's AMM DEX. It's a very similar way of providing liquidity. And then very important, once you've done that, uh, go ahead and stake your LP because all of those incentives you'll only get if you go ahead and stake your LP. Uh, and that's that's the providing liquidity uh, portion. Uh, it's it's a great way to, you know, if you do want to market make, it's not an opportunity that's available in traditional finance to most normal folks. Uh, you can go ahead and do that. However, you can up-level some, and this is what gets me a little bit excited is, sure, you can provide liquidity, but you can also farm stable pairs. Now, why are stable pairs interesting? Uh, stable pairs are interesting because they tend to be very close in price, and it minimizes the impermanent loss that you have. Now, there is still a potential for impermanent loss, and the example I'm going to use here is the USDC-USK pair. Um, right now, it's offering roughly 26% returns, essentially from providing two different stable coins. As we'll show in a second, USK is not hard pegged to a dollar. Uh, it fluctuates some. So there is a, a chance for impermanent loss. Uh, there's also a chance that USK depegs if there was a lot of bad debt in the system. It is an over-collateralized coin. That there are liquidation mechanisms to support it. Uh, but, you know, something could happen and it could potentially lose its peg. And then, you know, you'd fall into the same situation of impermanent loss. The reason I mark this with, you know, just one alien uh, worth of risk is that it's fairly low risk compared to other types of liquidity farming. And your return is still pretty good. I think all of us would say if we could get 27% on dollars in our bank account, uh, we'd be very, very happy uh, with that. 
And I'll just come and uh, show you here that uh, we, we do have pools, let's see. Uh, yeah, so actually it's gone up a little bit to 28%. Um, and so we, we do have, you know, the, the same pool there and you can, you can earn on it. Uh, there are a lot of different places that the team has added incentives. Uh, so you can see there's a huge bunch of, of Kuji that's going to be helping to incentivize this. Uh, the other thing worth noting is this pool actually has a lot of liquidity uh, in it right now. It's got almost a million dollars of liquidity. Uh, so just in terms of the interest, uh, people are very, uh, very interested in this particular pool. Um, so that, that, that's one of the ones that I do often. I'll say of all these strategies, uh, doing that uh, stable pair farming um, is, is something that, that I enjoy doing. It's a, a great way to you know, keep my dollars and then earn a little bit of Kuji uh, off of those, those particular dollars. Uh, so we talked about impermanent loss. Um, always, if you have questions, uh, feel free to drop questions. Uh, as, as I know, I'll be able to share. If there's something I don't know, then I'll let you know that I don't know that. So let's talk about bidding on liquidations. So the, the other aspect of Kajira, apart from having an order book DEX, uh, as well as an automated market maker where you can provide liquidity, uh, they also have a system where you can mint their stablecoin. <clears throat> their stablecoin is called USK, USK. It's an over collateralized stablecoin. And I will show you here the experience that you have when you come to mint it. You can choose different types of collateral. So some of this collateral is native to the cosmos. You've got Atom that's native. Uh, some of it is a liquid staking derivative like ST Atom. Uh, some of it is bridged. So uh, BNB is bridged. Ethereum is bridged. Uh, Luna is native to the cosmos as an example. And then uh, Pax Gold is bridged through a different bridge. Hence uh, G Pax, Pax G instead of WBNB. That's a, a different bridge that's being used. So these are all the types of collateral that you could use uh, to go ahead and mint USK. Now, along with that, they do have an engine that allows you to bid when uh, someone who's minted USK with their collateral, uh, the, the uh, price of the token that they've used falls to such an extent below the 60% loan to value that they would get liquidated. What happens in liquidation? Uh, basically, the uh, system uses the bids that are here to sell some of your assets to bring you back in line with your loan to value. Um, so in this case, 60%, if you were um, using Atom to mint USK, they'd make, make sure that you were kept under 60%. Um, you can see uh, here on my particular one, one of the tests I've got, you know, very conservative loan to value is 20%. Uh, liquidation price will be $3.73. So if the price of Atom dropped from, I think it's like $10 right now to just over $3, um, they would start to liquidate me. And the way they would start to liquidate me is to sell um, on the cheap, my collateral to people who've bid it on. So over here, you can see that there's a lot of different bids that have and come through. And, and recently, uh, there was a lot of liquidations in the system. And so people got to buy uh, Adam at a much cheaper price. Uh, people, I think even up to 10% discount recently, their bids were filled. Uh, but you can see anywhere from, you know, just a couple percent, all the way up to 30%, you could potentially bid on these liquidations. And uh, one of the things that's, that's great is, uh, you can place your bid. So you need USK in order to place your bid and really just wait. Um, so it's another way of potentially getting, you know, between 10 and 30% return on a single action. It does require a little bit more uh, babysitting, 
uh, because you know you'd like to obviously do this a couple different times. You know, when when the bid gets some cheap atom, maybe you'd like to sell that atom for USK and place another bid, so you can continue to do that to make your return not just thirty percent APR, but thirty percent every single time you do this, which could be potentially hundreds of percent in APR. Um, so that's the liquidation engine. I love the fact that they've got bot protection in it. Um, so you'll see here that um, I think it's got a 10 minute counter before you can actually go ahead and activate your bid. Uh, so it prevents bots kind of messing around as price is dropping and lets real people actually get in on the action here, um, which I think is, an, is a, a nice thing for the team to do. Um, so you can see you can buy up to 30% discount. We've talked a little bit about the risk of USKD pegging, uh, but the other thing that could happen is say you're bidding on Adam and you're getting a nice juicy 10% discount and your discount, instead of buying it at $10, would let you buy it at $9. But by the time your bid's filled and you wake up the next morning, Adam's at $8. So you've actually lost money even though you got this great discount. So just be aware that that's another thing that could happen as you're bidding on liquidations, that uh, you could win the bid and still be sad that you won the bid. Um, okay, this is another one of my favorites. Uh, Arving the price between USDC and USK. Talk a little bit about the risks here. USK could depeg and go to zero. So if you are holding USK through this ARB, then uh, you'll be in trouble. Um, and there is not a potential for a permanent loss. I don't know why that's on the slide there. Uh, but the returns could be very, very high from this. Basically, the idea is you're going to buy low, sell high, and repeat. And why is that an interesting thing to, thing to do as compared to any other buy low and sell high? Well, let me show you. So this is the order book for USDC USK. As you know, USK hovers roughly around a dollar. And we can zoom out on this, and we can see that you know, generally through the, the, the course of the year, um, let's get a little more in here. It's been roughly around a dollar. Right? It's gone up, it's gone down, it's gone up, it's gone down. Um, the, the thing you can do to take advantage of this is notice that even though it hovers around a dollar, over any period of time, it tends to fluctuate. So it could be... Um, the way this chart is set up, you're, you're actually bidding in USK. So as the chart goes higher here, the value of USK is lower. It takes a little while to get my mind wrapped around that. I always have to think, am I buying or selling USK? What's going on here? Um, but USK is the, the, the base coin that you're using to buy. So when this goes higher, the value of USK is actually lower. It's the amount that you're paying for a dollar, essentially. And so the idea is you look at these fluctuations and you say, oh, well, it's you know if I could buy it here, and then sell it here, and then buy it here again, and then sell it here, and then buy it here, and you get the idea. Um, and because you have some confidence that USK will hover around a dollar, uh, there's more limited risk on this particular trade than if you're trying to do the same thing with uh, Luna or one of the other coins, or even Atom, right? Um, you can take a look at the chart for Atom just to get a, a sense of what that looks like. There's the Atom USK. Right, so <laughs> your experience over the last few months of trying to do that uh, would have been a, a single direction down, uh, and you would have been very unlucky if you were trying to do uh, that particular strategy. So that's why I would not recommend on, on a token that has a high amount of volatility. But really, there's just enough volatility here um, to allow you to take you know a percent with every trade. Uh, and as should happen, actually, um, I just had one on my demo account. This is my demo account uh, hit today. So let's see if I can show you that. Yes, it's saying um, today, well, actually, it, it hit um, a couple of weeks ago. 
I was able to get in at um, point, point, uh, 0.959, uh, which is roughly here on the chart. Um, and then I was able to, so basically I was buying low, and then I was able to sell some of that at 0.983 and sell it high. And my practice, what I do is I'll, you know, wake up in the morning, I'll take a look at the, uh, whether my bids are filled. Um, and then if they have, I'll, you know, go ahead and claim the, the bid that's here. So I could claim this one, for example, and then I'll flip it around and I'll do the opposite and wait for it to come back down. So that's essentially, um, and I realize this has been small the whole time. I apologize for that. Um, that's essentially uh, what I've been doing. Um, and you, so you can see, you know, surfing this volatility up and down, up and down um, the whole time. Right, so that's the strategy with uh, USDC and USK. Uh, the next strategy is uh, with AMP Luna and Luna. And this works really with any um, particular strategy that has uh, a stable pair, but where one side of it is a liquid stake derivative. What's a liquid stake derivative? A liquid stake derivative is a token that accrues the staking rewards as kind of part of its base uh, price. Uh, and so in the particular case of AMP Luna, if we come here and I remember to actually open it up, uh, we can see that it's worth right now just over 1.1 Luna. And the same, the same thing could potentially work with uh, ST Atom, which is, is another um, liquid stake derivative. Um, and so if I were to come here and take my one amp Luna and slow burn it back, I would get 1.12 Luna. So that's an important concept to remember is that your liquid stake derivative can always be unstaked and you'll get the full amount in the actual token. In this case, Luna. Could be anything, could be Adam, SD Adam. Uh, now what's interesting for us is we can then come to the charts here and we can look at Luna and Luna. And while the, the amount of liquidity here is pretty low in these charts, uh, one thing to notice is it has these variations. So if you were to put buys in, you know, anywhere below 1.12, essentially, uh, the minute you got your order filled, you could come and you could slow burn it back and you would get um, the, the higher amount for it. So it's another strategy that requires just a little bit of patience as you're going through. Um, you know, patience to be setting some of these birds when the birds hit, go and slow burn it. Uh, and you could, you could easily earn, you know, one, 2% every time you've gone through that loop of slow burning. You can also take the same approach that we did for arbing um, the USDs, C and USK, and you could just buy low and sell high the, the whole time with the idea that this will tend to kind of revert back to a mean, even if that mean is slowly increasing because it is a liquid stake, stake derivative. Great, so that's, that's Arbing, uh, Amp Luna and Luna. Now we've got a couple of strategies that utilize margin. So let's take a look at some of those. Um, actually, yeah, so this is this is utilizing uh, margin. All of these ones that use margin, I've marked, marked with a three alien risk. And the reason I've done that is because uh, you could get liquidated uh, and you could lose, you know, a good 30, 40% of all of your collateral if you are liquidated completely. And so that's something that's, you know, pretty bad event. For those of you who aren't familiar, the, the way it works is if you provide collateral and you get USK, if you are liquidated, potentially all your collateral can be lost, but you get to keep that USK. Now, because the limit is 60% loan to value, you only, you really only can lose 40% in that, um, in the price, but still, that's a lot to lose, right? We're not here to lose money, we're here to earn. Um, and so liquidation is a big risk here. 
Also, when you're augmenting USK, uh, the USK could depeg as well. And so that's something to consider. Uh, the returns, I'll put two whales here, two Kajira whales. I could potentially see three Kajira whales uh, as well, depending on how successful you are. Uh, the basic idea, as I'll show you here, is that if you come back to this chart, and you can see uh, USK gets really expensive whenever it's lower. And you don't have to necessarily be holding USK or USDC. So you don't have to really care what's happening here. You just have to know like, oh, it tends to be low right now. Then at that point, you can say, okay, I've got some Adam. And what I'm going to do is when you mint with Adam, basically it's dollar for dollar. So it's giving you a, a dollar of USK here um, that you're borrowing. And so you're essentially getting to borrow it at a rate that is uh, where, where the value of, of USK is cheaper than it is here in the charts. So you would go, you would mint the USK. Then after minting the USK, you'd come here, you'd swap. So here you would swap to USDC and then at, just put a bid later to swap back um, at any, any point higher and then take that money and pay off your, your uh, loan that you have here. And that's another way to do it if you'd like to keep more of your money in something like a, you know, Atom or uh, another, another token that you're doing kind of price, uh, I, I guess you're looking to get an increased price from, that would be something that you could do. Now, the way to supercharge the strategy is to take something like ST Atom. And this is what I mentioned in my tweet, where you're holding ST Atom, you are accruing those rewards still. So you're still accruing all the staking rewards from Atom, which is great. And then at that point, uh, you can choose whether you would like to come and mint uh, USK or do any other strategy. So this is where I talk about my dual yield strategy here. Dual yield strategy is really uh, doing what we just did as far as uh, minting USK, which has all the, all the risks involved with it, but using something like ST Atom that is a, a liquid staking derivative um, that allows you to continue accruing rewards on that base, that, that base collateral that you have. So a couple of risks here to be aware of. Uh, liquidation we've talked about. Um, if you're doing any strategies with USK around this, uh, it could depeg, so that's going to be an issue. Um, the uh, liquid staking derivative smart contract. So if you are using ST Atom, that would be Stride. Could also be breached. So there's an additional set of smart contract risk that you incur. Um, and then any other risks that are in your secondary uh, strategy are also things to be aware of. Uh, the returns here can also be great because right, you've got that dual yield. So something I like to do is I'll use a liquid stake derivative like ST Atom. I will then apply another strategy where I'm being a little bit more stable in what I'm going to get out. So that could be a stable pair LP that we talked about. I could have it sitting there bidding on liquidations, uh, or I could do the, the ARB strategy that I mentioned, where it's unlikely that it's going to drift too far from that, that, that amount that I've borrowed. So if any time my uh, collateral seems to be getting a little bit low, my, my kind of loan to value is higher than I'd like it, I can always unwind that strategy I'm using and pay off the loan that I've taken. But in the meantime, right, I'm, I'm earning the, you know, 20 plus percent on Adam, and I'm also earning maybe that 26% of having it in an LP um, uh, over on Bo. And so by combining those strategies, that's a great way to uh, kind of get dual yield on those assets. Um, one that I don't include here, which I don't personally like to do, is you could also loop it. So what this means, this was very common back in the, the Terra DGen days, is to, to go and take your liquid stake derivative, provide collateral, get USK back out of it, 
swap that USK for more liquid stake derivative, provide that as collateral, get the USK out of that, loop that. Um, that to me just feels like you're, you're, you're waiting for something bad to happen. You're going extremely long on that particular asset. And if there is price movement against you, uh, then it'll be painful to unwind all of that. And we saw the uh, you know, complete disaster that happened with many folks who, who had that set up uh, in, in Terra when it collapsed, but it doesn't need a big collapse for that to happen. Only you know, 20, 30% drop, and that happens every other week, it seems, in crypto, and you could be in big trouble. So that's why I, you know, I would like my dual yield strategy to have one side of it, which is a little bit more stable. Um, so those are the strategies that I have. If you have any others, uh, let me know in, in the comments below. We'd love to know uh, what else you're doing on Kujera. Uh, these are some things that I see, but there's a superpower that uh, you should also make sure that you take advantage of. Uh, there's a power up with something called Sea Shanty. Now, what is Sea Shanty? Uh, it's a, a great little bot that you can subscribe to in Telegram. And if you go to, I'll show you how to find it. If you go to the um, ecosystem here, and you can explore the Kujira ecosystem. Under community tools, you will see Sea Shanty. And, and, and what it allows you to do is receive real-time notifications for when your strategies execute. Um, so for example, in the arbing of USDC strategy, uh, it might be nice to know when your limit orders have hit and you're actually able to go ahead now and uh, you know, switch it around and take the other side of that order. Or if you're bidding on, on Orca and now you've actually got some bids that have come through, and you're able to take that. Maybe you'd like to, to keep it and stake, you know, say you were, were bidding on Atom, you could keep and stake the Atom, or maybe you just like to sell it and take that 10% that you got and, you know, put that into stable coins. That's another option that you could do. Um, and Sea Shanty makes this uh, really easy because you can do it kind of real time um, as, uh, as you're kind of going through and then potentially get a couple loops during the day. Um, so the one I showed you earlier, I actually had, um, I'd, I'd claimed it and then, about an hour ago, I set the other side of my, my USDC ARB strategy and it hit and it's great. So the, the more often you could do that, the, the better. Um, yeah, so those are a few strategies. Uh, as always, this is DGEN. So this is not something that I'd recommend for your, your, your safety money uh, or for, for, you know, if you have an emergency fund that you're, you're keeping, um, I, I wouldn't take your life savings and do this, but this is a way just to, to kind of goose some of your yields. Um, question here from Keepnomics, uh, Calc Finance DCA seems interesting. Is that like a grid bot? Um, so Calc Finance, for those who aren't familiar, is a DCA tool that's built on Kujira. Uh, DCA means dollar cost averaging. They currently have a strategy out that looks at, um, that, that allows you to DCA a set amount and then gives you a couple hard limits that you can set. So maybe it's, for example, only DCA if the price is below this uh, or uh, you know, DCA a certain amount every hour, every day, every week. Uh, they're coming out with DCA plus, uh, which Keeknomics mentions, uh, which is kind of an AI powered uh, version of this, uh, which will uh, be a little more thoughtful about when it actually DCAs. It uses a number of indicators in order to decide when it DCAs. Um, I'm not sure if it's exactly like a grid bot. It seems like they're doing something a little bit different there. Um, so I, I guess my answer is, I guess it depends on the, on the on um, what they actually end up doing. I think it's still at the white paper stage. They haven't fully implemented it, uh, but there's there's a lot of techniques that could potentially be similar to, to what they're doing. Um, I think the the advantage that we have here in Kujira is we've got an ecosystem that has a lot of different tools to use. So you could imagine a strategy like DCA DCA plus. And I'm not saying they're doing this, but you could imagine it hooking up to a liquidations engine to goose the returns just a little bit more. 
you know, if you, you put in $1,000 to the vault and it's only using $100 a week, well, maybe that other 900 can sit there for a, you know, a great kind of Hail Mary price to, to be able to, to get that. So those are uh, all the thoughts I have on my strategies. Um, I think, you know, I, I enjoy it because I'm continually learning um, and I appreciate all of you all being here and kind of following along with me. Uh, if you do have any questions, you know, I'm, I'm here on Twitter. Um, the, the Telegram group for Kajira is a great place to talk as well. Uh, so yeah, thank you all. And I will see you again soon. Cheers.